Okay, this is the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, uh, July 28th, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Ed Carball here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, Matt. Uh, everybody's back except the PFL. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, feel like, I feel like there's something you might want to get off your chest. I don't know if we should jump right into the UFC because we've also we've also been super happy about Bellator's. Uh, you know, we, we kept talking about Bellator coming back, coming back, and then out, out of the blue they came back, and uh, I wasn't disappointed. It's the first one I wasn't there for because it was in my neck of the woods. But I don't know, man. What do you? What what shall we begin with? Yeah, why don't we just work our way through the uh, through the weekend before we get to the, <laughs> <laughs> before right. we get to, to the to the main event of the of the show. Um, All right. No. Uh, so yeah. So Friday, um, we had uh, Bellator uh, return, uh, which for us was great. Uh, for the MMA world, it's great. Um, card was okay. I'm not going to oversell it. Uh, it was a shorter uh, seven fight, seven bout card. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the the winner of the night, in my opinion, was Aaron Pico. Uh, we talked about him with uh, with Hunter last week, and yeah, um, I mean, he really couldn't have put on a much better performance. Uh, I think that was the what we, uh, at least in my mind, that's how I picture Aaron Pico fighting. Um, mm-hmm. Not you know, not so much disregarding his boxing, but using his wrestling to his yeah. advantage, and then using his extreme quickness and power that he has in his punches to really inflict damage on the ground. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, it just. Uh, I mean, with him, it just it's either you know he's just got a he just needs time, man. I mean, because uh, you know the, when he tried to use his wrestling, everyone was expecting it in that first fight, and he got guillotine. You know what I mean? So he just has to learn to uh, a, fr- a buddy of mine who trains out in, in at a top FC and over in uh, in uh, Korea. He put up a funny video today of how about it was a funny if somebody squirted water in his face. That whole gag where they make you look in the bottle and squirt in your face. But he opened it up with how feints are used in martial arts, and and I think he just needs to to uh, know how to faint more, like make 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 his opponent think about something else. So he can impose, you know, what he really wants to do, and it looks like they're working on that with him. Uh, based on that fight, I, I feel like just people, obviously, they're, you know, you got a lot of trolls and haters out there talking about, okay, they gave him a tomato can to, you know, pad his record or whatever. But you know, n- none of these guys, you know, they're not going to pay you or me, me to fight. You know what I mean? Like the, everyone's a threat if if uh, if you were ready and, and on weight and ready to fight. So uh, I just think he needs time. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the guy got was a can. The guy was eight and two. Uh, yeah, went over Blanos. Yeah, I was um, actually worried you know, that it was another strong opponent. You know, I just think he fought the perfect fight. I think that's what if Aaron Pico does that, then he's not going to lose a lot of fights. He's not going to lose to guys he should beat. Let's put it that way. You're always, you're always going to have that chance to get caught when you're fighting uh, the Corrales and the and the um, uh, the Boricks of the world because those guys are also uber talented. But the guys that you should beat uh, using the style he did. You know, basically take him down, just beat the living hell out of him, and submit him is uh, is I think the winning winning uh, you know 
ingredients for him to to continue. So that was the he was the big uh, the main card. That was the one. I mean, uh, JJ Wilson picking up kind of a controversial to split decision over Taiwan Claxton. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big win for Wilson. He moves six and zero. He's he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, but it was a real close fight. And then the main event, Sergio Pettis, uh, Ricky Bendejas, really was kind of uneventful. Uh, Pettis looked good, picked up the win, but um, not a whole lot to uh, to really talk about. Pettis does move basically to become the number one contender in the 135-pound Bellator weight class. Uh, right now, the rumor is uh, uh, Patrick Mix and uh, Juan Archuleta will mm-hmm. face off here in the near future for the vacated uh, title that was uh, that was left behind by uh, Horaguchi, um, who also att- appears to be mending. You see, him, I see him kind of flirting the ideas of a return. So, um, yeah, because it know. was not that. I mean, it feels. I forget when that was announced because I mean, it just seems like everything is you know all out of whack because of the pandemic. But yeah, I, I would hope he'd be back at least by. It'd be it'd be poetic if he came back on New Year's Eve on a rising card. Yeah, I mean, it's he's. I think he's in. I don't know where he's at. He may be in Japan. He may be in in the states. I'm not real positive. Um, the problem with Bellator that the UFC is not really facing because the UFC just has deep pockets is is going to be the international travel and trying to work around to get uh, a lot of their stars, international stars, into the United States. Uh, which I, I don't know even what the rules are right now, uh, yeah. <clears throat> especially with the UFC coming back to Las Vegas now for August. Um, it just doesn't seem like uh, all of a sudden the travel restrictions don't seem to be a, the problem that they were just last week when we yeah. had to fight Island. So depending on not, where you are. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, it's weird. I like, I mean, we're going to get to, to him, but they're talking about trying to give Chimeyev, um, a fight on uh, on the, the UFC, I think the August one, 15th. One of the August ones, yeah. But that's in Vegas, and I thought that we couldn't just fly people in from Sweden or the pe- or Dagestan. Or I mean, maybe it helps to have uh, Donald Trump as your as your buddy. <laughs> so you never know. Um. Yeah. So I, I, who knows? We'll have to just kind of see how that unfolds. Um. But, uh, you know, that, I, I, that'll, that'll be interesting. I, I just don't know what Bellator is going to do in the long run. I mean, they they, they, they they always get flack for, um, you know, oh, you, you, you always take a guy, you know, you sign guys, your big signees are guys on their way out and this, that, and that, and, and no one really, I mean, we know about them, but, like, your casual fan, the UFC nut huggers don't. They always, you know, the young, you just mentioned Patrick Mix, Juan Archuleta, you know, their younger talent that's on the rise, this is the perfect time. I mean, I, um, I've been trying to come up with a piece, and I want to want to submit it to uh, Sure Dog, but I, I, I just need time to put, get my thoughts together. But this, uh, the opportunity for fighters that I – mean, look at all the guys we've never heard of that fought in the UFC Apex and in Fight Island all of a sudden are, are either they've, they've become training. I mean, we've had Justin Janes on the show. You know, we, we just mentioned uh, we're gonna. I know we're gonna get to Chamayev, but so many other fighters that 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 are getting opportunities. Um, he was a for the. Uh, I know he lost, but John Castaneda, who fought this weekend on the opener, um, you know, he was on Contender Series and lost. You didn't think you were gonna see him there again. So, I think uh, Bellator should just uh, do that. Like, I mean, 
there's so much talent in the Northeast that's trying to get in somewhere, use them, you know, use them. If, especially there's guys that, uh, you know, that, that had to walk away and come back. I spoke with Sergio Da Silva who, who fights out of Queens. Um, and he's already, he's already got fights booked, but he's, which means he's clear to go despite his, you know, the stuff that you've read about him. So, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a crazy time. So why not do some crazy things, you know? Yeah. And I think the Bellator can survive a little bit if they're only going to do like seven or eight fight events, you know, they're not going to have the, we're not going to have the 19 fight cards like we were having, mm-hmm. um, before, I mean, looking ahead a couple weeks, it does look like they're doing a pretty good job of, of making fights. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we'll see how it goes, but, uh, you know, uh, overall, the return was cool. I liked the look. I thought they did a good job with the Mohegan Sun to transform it into a more intimate-looking venue. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think all in all, it's just a good return for Bellator. Um, and, you know, it, although the fights, like I said, weren't the most entertaining, uh, you have to get the ball rolling again. And, yeah. And, uh, that's what they did. Another event that returned Friday night, I don't know if you were, managed to catch it, was uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 11. Uh, I, I, I didn't. Uh, there's so much going on Friday between Bellator, LFA, and that. I was I was kind of between Bellator and LFA and just following the, the Twitter feed for that. Well, I mean, it was from start to finish, essentially, it was nonstop violence, uh, all knockouts other than uh, two split decisions. Um, not going to go down the whole card. We talked a little bit with Hunter about the main event, Luis Palomino versus Isaac Valley Flag. Yeah, he uh, won, Pal- right? Palomino picks up uh, the world championship, 155-pound, 45-second nice. knockout. Uh, basically wow. just went and just crushed him. Uh, first round? Open. First round, 45 seconds wow. in. Uh, you know, they felt each other out for a few seconds, and then and then Palomino just blasted him, and then him with about three-punch combina- combination, and, he, and he, that was all she wrote. There was a lot of blood, and uh, Flag didn't really look like he knew, or he didn't want he didn't want no more. Uh, let's put it that way. So, um, big win for Palomino. Yeah. Uh, fun event. Uh, fans in the crowd. Um, distance in the crowd, but they were there, so there was a little bit of an atmosphere, and uh and BKFC announced that they have also signed uh, for some exclusive shows with the zone. Yeah. So uh, while Bellator seems to be on the way out with the zone, the zone seems to be more focused on the, the boxing aspect of fighting. Yeah. Um, and although BKFC is not uh, boxing, uh, it's uh, uh, it's essentially bare knuckle. I, I got to say, man, I mean, it, I mean, you're going to have your chance to rant on what you want to rant on. So I got to, I'm just going to do a small one. You know, the zone really, I mean, this is our podcast, so I don't mind saying it here. The zone really dropped the ball when it comes came to to uh, trying to be the premier fight night location for combat sports because all they did was push boxing. They had uh, uh, um, KSW on there, a couple of uh, other MMA. I think I mentioned Top FC. I think they were on there too, and, and you never – if you look at their social, I mean, they, they, uh, when I spoke with James Rushton at, at the announcement when they did the partnership with Bellator, you know, they said they do social listening and this, that, and the other, but it doesn't look like it because if all you're going to do is push boxing, and that's all we're going to see with boxing, and, and then the, and then that's the sport that uh, that was paused, you know, for the longest. Or the, yeah, the, I mean, the UFC came back first, and the top rank came, but you know, the zone is just now coming back with their boxing and and. I just feel like they dropped the ball there. They they could have had, they could have had more numbers, you know, and they probably could have gotten going with some regional stuff that that had been allowed soon. But um, 
they obviously uh, they were never serious about it, you know. And it, I think it shows when you look back. It just showed that they were never serious about it. And uh, even when they had belts or stuff, they would they never pushed it as much as. I mean, I I would have it all over social media, you know, twenty four seven, especially on fight weeks. At least from the Wednesday till the event, you know. But no, it's 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 crazy. Like you had you had all this stuff going on, all this all all these great fights going on, trash talk press conferences and stuff and you never really saw them push that content the way that they push boxing so uh i, I think it's good there i actually think bellator will be better off with C- uh, showtime when they finally start doing stuff with showtime yeah i mean i don't think the zone really paid off for them it was nice to get that financial stability in the beginning but uh the long run it didn't pay off obviously it was throwing a monkey wrench with this covid situation because we uh that's where my, I mean, my beef with the zone would go. And I, I wasn't a subscriber for the last few months or for the last year, let's say I was for about the first, uh, you know, six months when it was month to month, once they decided that they wanted to double the price essentially. And, uh, and then have this hit and still be charging people full monthly fees, uh, for a service that isn't offering anything. Um, it's a service that's based off the live product. And when there's no live product for, for four or five months, it, uh, it, it, doesn't uh, sit well with me when you're when you're charging people. Um, it seems like you should have suspended people's uh, suspension or uh, you know subscriptions. Suspended yeah. for at least a couple months. You know. And, yeah. Or pause charging it or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so we'll see how that goes. But they never really seemed all that focused on Bellator. I know that they kind of got involved a little bit with the Grand Prix scene there and, and promoted that. But other than that, it doesn't seem like it's been a a great uh, two way partnership. So. No. Uh yeah, Showtime, CBS, Viacom can really uh if I even I even asked him uh I even asked uh, Rushton, the guy that's supposed to be running one of the one of the many chiefs in, in, in charge of uh the zone that, that you know the uh top heavy what executive or whatever it is. I even asked him, I was like, Would you add others combat sports like kickboxing? Because and 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 uh it's in that video on this YouTube channel when I talked to Coker, would you would you bring back uh, dynamite? You know, like do a, do a big super event and put that on the make that a zone exclusive. Maybe add some grappling in there. And when I mentioned it to, I mean, obviously Coker was on board, but when I mentioned it to uh, Rushton, he was kind of just like, "Yeah, we'll see." You know, we got to see what the fans say and want. But it's like you, you're not gonna if, if you're not gonna hear those fans if you don't market to them because they're not really gonna listen to you either. I mean, if every other day you see Canelo Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this is just boxing. So I agree. They, we didn't get any of the creativeness that we were kind of hoping. Um, should have hired me is what they should have done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> probably would have worked. Um, so that was, that was Bellator, uh, BKFC. Um, that kind of rolled into then Saturday uh, where we had uh, fight Island three, four, 3.5 whatever ESPN plus 27, whatever, whatever the heck. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, good 15 fight event, 15 uh, fights. And they started at five o'clock my time. I loved it. I actually yeah. watched it with my family. My mom and, and <laughs> my parents were all into it. It's crazy. It's amazing. They're able to get through a seven fight main card in three hours. Huh? When we get, <laughs> when we get five fights normally. Yeah. I mean the day, uh, I think they drew uh the ratings, because that can be measured. I think uh, I saw MMA Junkie John tweeted that they did like 1.4 million or something like that. 
uh, I mean, like that, that needs to be a thing. Like do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, fights delivered. Um, yeah. Thought they were good. Uh, regret not after seeing the odds and talking about it with Hunter last week, it was, it's seen, I mean, it's hindsight now, but not putting the house on Verdun seems like a, a foolish, foolish, uh, move. The fact that he was basically a plus 300 underdog is, uh, is oh, I, I put two bucks on him. Well, you won, you won, you won like 575. So. No, I won, I won like 18 bucks because I did a prop bet for, uh, that he'd win by submission. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, th- that's, that's the, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be nice to have more bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, my broke ass, I like to play it safe, but, uh, that was nice. That was nice. No, I mean, it's hindsight and, and, yeah. I think we even thought that Verdun was going to be the favorite when we kind of started talking. And then I pointed out uh, that, that Gustafson was actually a huge favorite. So uh, again, hindsight, but um, it, it just, it was tailor made for, for Verdun. And when you, when you look at it really and, and see, especially after looking with John Jones, how he was able to control uh, Verdun on the, or uh, Gustafson on the ground. And once it got to, once Verdun got it to the mat, it was like, it was, it was just a matter of time. Yeah, the submission. Yeah. He, he worked that submission nonstop. And, and once he, once he gets the arm, essentially, you know, once he gets a hold of his wrists, uh, you know, in the guy's arm, you know, trying to lock the guy's arm. Well, He, he did he, so he, many he, things that just smothered uh, Gustafsson. I mean, uh, from the back take to dragging him back and then, and then transitioning to the arm off of, off of the attempted choke, which is, which is, it was just, uh, you know, people, Everyone's saying, like, obviously at heavyweight, he's still probably the best jujitsu guy there is. Um, and, and that was, uh, I don't want to say it was textbook armbar, but because, uh, I mean, it's it just, he, there's a, there was a lot of, uh, trickery involved in getting the arm like that, but it was definitely a great, uh, it, I mean, the sequence was, uh, it, it's, it's textbook at the master's level. You know what I mean? And I was going to say, uh, it was kind of like watching a, a, a instructional video yeah. it was like step by step you know and you used to see that kind of in the beginning days of mma when you would see a guy who was just totally outclassing somebody and they would totally do the transition from you know this to that to that to that you know the steps it takes to to finish the move and, and you could actually see it there you know it went from crossing the legs to uncrossing yeah. them to you know locking you know just so it, i i enjoyed it i thought it was great um you know, again, uh, nice way to leave if that's going to be it for him there, because uh, you know, there's talk of him and and Fedor, because Fedor's on supposed was supposed to finish his retirement uh, tour. Um, I wouldn't mind a rematch with them, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's the fight kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I do lose a little steam for Verdun, considering he's he's basically coming off of a PED um, suspension, so. I don't have a problem if he fights Fedor, but I just don't. That wanna... don't matter. <laughs> eh, you know, it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter, I'm... but it does yeah, when one yeah, guy yeah. is five inches taller, and you know, Verdun's a huge dude. It's yeah. kind of kind of the Bigfoot scenario, you know. When Bigfoot on steroids is a different Bigfoot than than Bigfoot that's getting knocked out by Gabriel Gonzaga. You know, I mean, it's a yeah, different yeah. thing. So we'll see. I think it's the fight that's probably going to happen. It makes a lot of sense. He's already talking about it. I don't know why Bellator wouldn't go that route. Um, I mean, really, you could you could essentially do like a four-man tournament almost. You could do Verdun Fedor and then do Bader and uh, and uh, who who is he? Uh, who is he rumored? I can't remember who's in line for the heavyweight. It's been so long now. Um, maybe even the uh, the... 
Oh my gosh, name slips mind the Russian guy. Uh, the Russian guy, man. Uh, uh, well, I mean, Minikoff? you got Karatonov, no. and then you've got uh, uh, Tally Minikov. There you go, Minikov. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of uh, you could kind of do almost a little tournament. Maybe we do it. You know, they know they had a heavyweight Grand Prix, but it wasn't a true heavyweight one. Maybe we even do another eight man or even a four man true heavyweight Grand Prix with all real heavyweights. Although Bader could be argued isn't a real heavyweight, but. Um, if he weighs in at 245 and smashes fools, then um, he qualifies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the Verdun fight. Um, the co-main event that night, Mauricio Shogun Hua, uh, Little Nog, uh, Nogueira. Uh, Hua goes to three and zero in their in their trilogy bouts. The second split decision win in a row. Uh, I don't know how you saw the fight. Did you? Did you yeah. agree with the judges? Is that how you saw it? I don't know if I agreed with them. I, I you know, I, I like what because didn't his nose get like uh, damaged during that fight? Oh, who, yeah, who had his moments where he got beat up? I mean, he got so that that up. that's the that's the moments. Those are the moments that I mentioned when we had Hunter on last week. That I'm just like sometimes he he either handles that well or it it messes him up for the whole fight. And it looked like he was teetering in this one, but you know. No, I mean uh, I'm not complaining. Maybe, maybe it's a receding hairline on on Little Nog that the the judges scored against. I don't know. You know, I went into <laughs> it rooting for Shogun, and then kind of as it started, I kind of wanted rooting for Nogueira a little bit when you start mm-hmm. seeing it, it, his retirement fight, and um, it would have obviously meant a huge huge thing for him to pick up this win uh, to go out on. So I always like to see that, but I mean, I don't really have a problem with the decision. I thought Nogueira might have actually won the fight, but it was it was one of those fights where a draw probably is the right call, uh, which we have a ton of those, but um, Shogun wins, keeps moving. I guess that's the difference is he had to win um, a loss. There would have been uh, crippling probably to his attempt to, to work his way back up uh, in, into some big contender fights. And then, uh, and then the main event of the night, uh, Robert Whitaker, five round, uh, decision win over Darren Till. Another extremely close fight. Uh, all three judges gave it three rounds to two to Whitaker. Uh, kind of how I saw it, but again, a fight that could have went either way. And uh, again, I would have been okay with a draw. Uh, real close fights. Uh, Till looked a lot better than I gave him credit for. Um, I haven't been on the Till train, but I thought he looked better in this fight than uh, I feel like I've seen him in, in many of his other fights. Um, I think it's maybe the Wonder Boy fight that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth, uh, but uh, but I thought he looked good despite losing the decision. I thought I thought Till looked good at 185 against a uh, former champion, and uh, I think it. I think I think the future is bright for Till once he you know being as young as he is. Uh, Whitaker, you know, takes some punishment, you know, but uh, but but manages to to regroup and get the decision win, uh, and keeping him right in the. Uh, right there for, for the, the, you know, very likely we'll get another title shot uh, in the, in the next fight or two, uh, depending on how uh, Adesanya and, and Costa uh, unfolds in, uh, I believe that one's also scheduled for August. Yeah. I thought he looked good too. I actually thought, um, I know Whitaker won, but now, but he, he actually, uh, Till says that I didn't hear anything today. Uh, as far as like if how damaged his knee was, but the the downward stomp kick that uh, Whitaker was losing using uh, da- might have damaged his knee. So I think um, I think uh, as, I mean as much as I liked seeing him fight, 
uh, at that weight. Uh, he might be out for a little bit, which sucks because I know, well, Mike Perry's suspended for his shenanigans and stuff, but, you know, that was a fight that, that uh, we could have seen because uh, Mike Perry was uh, training, testing himself against Yoel Romero to see how he does at that weight class. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to get some heat for this, but I I wasn't. As, as as happy I was that he won, that Whitaker won. I was not impressed with. Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I I wasn't impressed with that fight. I know he took some time off. He got dropped uh, in. The, I don't know if that was a slipper. He got dropped in that first or second round. But he got um, I think it was inside elbow. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're correct. It was. Uh, it went right into Till's elbow, and I don't know. I was just kind of like, mm, maybe uh, maybe the Bobby Knuckles that that had the gold is uh starting to fade a little so i mean but then again he was away for a while so maybe once he gets back in the mix odd to me i was i found it weird that it's till that's talking about injury and not whitaker because he seems to break after you know his last few fights when he was still uh champion so i guess we'll see what happens uh on the undercard one of the names that's uh kind of exploded this week uh Kazmat Chimeyev. Uh, Kamzat. <laughs> yeah. Kamzat Russian, Russian, Russian yeah. born fighter uh, fighting out of Sweden. Uh, picked up his second win in 10 days. Uh, I believe the official <laughs> stats now show that he has not been hit with a single strike in his uh, <laughs> first two bouts. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think if I've ever seen that before. And uh, I think I'd almost have to go uh, UFC one. Maybe I'd have to go back and see if Art Jimerson landed anything on the ground, but oh, against um, Hoist. Yeah. Hoist, yeah, you got Jimerson and then, uh, and then he fought Shamrock in his second fight. And I don't think Shamrock landed anything. I think they clinched up and, and Hoist choked him out pretty quick. So, I mean, that's going back to UFC one. So I, I mean, I can't think of two fights in a row where somebody didn't even get a, a strike landed on him. So, I mean, that, that tells you 10 days notice. I mean, the two fights in 10 days and you win like that, that's, that's, that's something that, I mean, you were just talking about before how, how, uh, I mean, Dana I actually tweeted. It's funny that he's trying to do it. Cause I tweeted at him. I was like, you got to get that guy to Vegas. <laughs> you got to bring that guy to Vegas, man. Because I mean, and, uh, he said something in one of the interviews, post fight interviews that he was, uh, he almost got in the UFC as an, as a last minute alternate for a two Oh five bout at two Oh five. He made his debut at one eighty five. I, I, and he seems set on one seventy, but it looks like, it looks like anybody in that 170 to 205 range has uh, something to worry about. And then um, the ESPN interview that Dana White did uh, yesterday with Brett Akimoto, it's on YouTube already. He said that uh, now it's, 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 he's having trouble finding opponents for this guy. And I'm just, cause uh, you know, like at least a ranked opponent, because obviously if he's as good as, as he's been, you know, displaying, Maybe these guys don't want to risk their rankings in the time of Corona because we know, you know, you, you could come from low level ranking and become an interim champion, as we saw with UFC 249 and Justin Gaethje. So, I guess people are, are playing it a little closer to the vest when it comes to their ranking now. Yeah, I wouldn't fight the guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody would. I don't you think know. anybody wants to fight that guy. But, um, but I, 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 I think, people. you know. Uh, but it is a breath of fresh air in a sense that we, you know, you go through years where you hear prospect, prospect. There was no, this guy really wasn't on anybody's uh, radar, at least not my radar. And I didn't, I, you know, so 
to see him kind of come in and explode on the scene um, with obvious skills that uh, we've seen with Khabib um, at the lighter weight, um, it, it, to see it performed flawlessly at, at welterweight and, uh, and middleweight is is cool. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, plus he seems like a good dude. Uh, I mean, saying all the right things, speaks some yeah. English. Um, I think it's just, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it, it opens the door a lot with, uh, especially as long as Khabib's around, um, the idea of these guys kind of maining and co-maining events, some events uh, across the Middle East uh, or even Sweden for that matter um, could potentially be a, a quite a, a money maker for the UFC. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's cool. I, I just, I love seeing guys, you know, I, I go back to kind of when I saw Khabib, not for the first time, but when I watched him out there in New York, when he fought Michael Johnson and you kind of, I walked away from that fight going, this guy's the real deal. This is not a, uh, this is not a hype job. This guy's not squeaking by anybody. He is a, he's a mauler. That's going to, uh, it's going to hurt a lot of people. And um, I even wrote about it, you know, so it's, it's actually on record of me going, Hey, watch out for this guy. And, um, now we look back at Khabib and he's, uh, you know, a couple wins away from really kind of solidifying himself as arguably the greatest fighter in UFC history. Yeah. Uh, again, arguably, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait for the messages to come <laughs> in about everybody else, but, um, it, it, you go 30, 31 and oh, especially, um, with the rumors. He, he's, we- he's my number one, like pound for pound. I mean, he's definitely, like you said, he's 20 or he's 28 and oh now. And, uh, you know, the, when people start naming moves after your, because it's something you do and, you know, and your culture, like, you know, that, the, the his whole takedown and grind every, that people are calling it the Dagestani handcuff now because of him. It's, it's just, it's just something that, uh, that's goat level stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I think he's the most talented and dominant fighter that I can, I can think of, um, I, in the UFC, but, I it's still I can't put his resume higher than uh, guys like John Jones and, and uh, George St. Pierre right now. Yeah, I mean, um, since, since we I know we, we, we switched from comes out to Khabib, but, uh, you know, that news broke uh, earlier today about him and Gaethje for October 24th. Um, I mean, I I don't like betting against Justin Gaethje, so I'm going to go on record now. And, and I mean, I think ju- I think Gaethje can spoil his party. He has the potential to do it. And uh, the only reason I say that is because of how he did against a short notice Isle Iaquinta right here in Brooklyn. You know that that went the I believe that went the distance. And um, you know, one of the concerns for Khabib as far as his fighting that came out of that was his uh, was his uh, striking. But um, you know, then he it seemed like he corrected that when he when he beat the shit out of McGregor. So. Uh, I don't know, man, but uh, I I see that. I know Khabib is the heavy favorite, but I see that more even than other folks. Maybe it's just me being a bit of a fanboy, but uh, I just felt like I'd say that now since we were talking about him. No, I think it's a great fight. I think uh, Gagey has a lot of stylistic uh, matchup problems for 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 Khabib or Habib, but um, but I will never bet against Nurmagomedov until I see. Uh, oh, so like October that. we're gonna have some beef. Yeah, I mean, we can bet. Yeah, I mean, we, we can do a little side bet. I got two bucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's uh, my that's my max. So two bucks, and look at it. I got eighteen bucks off of uh, we're doing so. Hey, 
that'll work. That's a, that's a haircut when you uh, when you can go back to getting haircuts again. Yeah. But uh, gosh, yeah, I don't know. I look forward to that fight. It seems so long away though. I I can't. I don't get yeah. it. That's the one thing about like this fight island thing that I've kind of enjoyed is like the last minute. A lot of these we haven't been able to think about for months on end. You know, it kind yeah. of all was like here. You know, it seems like a month ago they go, "Hey, here are all the fights you're gonna get." You know, and, and it's and, almost like if you announce stuff too early now, especially it's more true than it always because obviously it's been happening with the UFC from your own experience. You know, if you've experienced it firsthand as a ticket holder, you know shit that's been pushed weeks on end can get dropped day of. So. Like you said, it's that's almost refreshing that we actually get like surprise fights <laughs> with Fight yeah. Island. Yeah, no, you I know? mean that's that's kind of what I liked. Same with the Bellator card. Like I said, although it wasn't the greatest card ever, just to have it thrown on us basically like on a week notice. Oh, uh, I forgot the guy's name. The one that fought the it was the first fight the heavyweights, I think. That dude that won on three days notice, Shotokan Karate guy, Jamaican, Jamaican and Irish. Um, but uh, I was uh, impressed with his technique. Not his ground technique, but the striking and the foot sweeps and stuff he did. Um, so, but that's just an example of, like you said, man. It's uh it's uh, kind of nice to to have these uh, have these surprise fights. No doubt. Uh, so the UFC card also had a moment that uh, <laughs> made me a Dan Hardy fan for the first time. And, oh, uh, is this? And, are we doing it now? Yeah. Hold on. Well, I mean. I made a, man, a banner uh, for you. Oh no! I, I'm not. I, <laughs> the wrath of Hawk. Yeah. Uh, listen. So the Francisco Trinaldo uh, Jai uh, Herbert fight. Um, Trinaldo drops him, sends him chicken legged back to the ground, bounces off the ground, uh, and and Trinaldo's standing over him, basically in the you know Van Dam. I'm going to break your skull. Uh, pose oh, yeah. while you know, <laughs> kind of yeah. holding it, holding it yeah. over uh, over his opponent, and and Herb Dean in Herb Dean fashion is standing there, uh, watching. Um, <laughs> I, I, I understand that's his job to watch the fight as a ref. I, look, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of everything that goes on. I'm just going to say it again. It, it Herb Dean is nostalgia is why people like him. He's been around a long time. He's by far, he's not, he's the best in the business. My ass, my ass. He's probably like eighth best in the business. Um, I'll take Beltron uh, over him eight days a week. I'll take Herzog over him eight days a week. Uh, You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, big old, uh, you know, your East coast guy and some of these other guys, but, you know, and and her, he's just so inconsistent. It's not that he always lets people die or that he stops <laughs> too quick. Um, you know, I feel like maybe uh, Abert or Herbert should have just shown him a thumbs up, and then he would have stopped it quicker. You know, I mean, it's just that kind of thing that's just it's just so frustrating. And to see Felder and and Hardy uh, dig in on him, I definitely enjoyed that because yeah, you know, I know I, you did. You know, and then I don't. <laughs> did you watch his video he put out? Yeah, no, I'm wait, I'm waiting for you to finish so I could I want to because I, I so, you know I gotta I gotta play devil's advocate for yeah, for some no, things too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because you you have Jared Varel, right? Yeah, that's your that's your target. <laughs> Jared uh, Varel and uh, Mario Yamasaki. Yeah, those are those are my least. Those are, are are the ones I don't like. But let me uh, so you 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 brought up the video. That's what I was, one of the things I was gonna do to 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 fuck with you on this. So his video, 
which uh did you uh you did you watch it you watch it or, or? You, uh, yeah, I assume we were talking about the same like six minute video where he basically yeah, the one from Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Terrible audio. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, there's things he said in that though, that I agree with, especially in, in, in the, you know, we talk about everything you can hear, but the deafening silence of an empty arena, um, you know, uh, he brought up of, of Dan Hardy's yelling out as he's, I mean, by his own account, paying attention to the fight, um, you know, someone yells something like that out, he couldn't mistake it for someone that should be yelling it out, which I well, get. Let me, let me yeah. stop you real quick before we go into that. Just just your opinion right now, yes or no. Do you think it was a good stoppage or a bad stoppage? No, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I I, uh, I would have stopped it, uh, like you said, when, when, uh, when, uh, when, um, when Trinaldo was posed over him. Yeah, when, when Trinaldo did the Van Damme pose and, and, and this guy wasn't really moving, okay. I would have stopped it. And, but and then, so, did you see Dan Hardy's response to that? So, well, I didn't mean to interrupt you completely. I just wanted to kind of get your side of while you give your perspective. So, in the video, he's ex- Herb Dean's basically saying that he was thrown off and he was and it was unprofessional for uh, people ringside that aren't the doctor or the other corner men. Yeah yelling stop the fight yeah Herb so Dean i said that that's that threw him off um and and, and I, I i i do agree with him uh, with that and uh right now actually i'll do a shameless plug really quick uh mmanews.com has me doing like reaction pieces every sunday called sunday submissions and i addressed it on there uh this was before herb dean put out his video so my thing it was um you know again the time difference the way i mean everyone's been pretty honest about um, how the time difference and the time that they're fighting. It's like three, four or five o'clock in the morning over there. Um, I would not plus the travel. I, I, I Herb Dean probably won't say this because maybe it's like, you know, a detriment to, to be, you know, being able to fulfill, fulfill his duties as an uh, official, but um, you know, maybe he was off his game, you know, maybe he wasn't all there. Like uh, Yamasaki to me is never all there, so maybe maybe he was having you know experienced that Yamasaki syndrome because of the the time difference and and the the whole the, with it, the way this whole thing was scheduled. So I'm not making excuses for him. I'm, I'm, that that was just something that I said. And then he brought up his thing with the audio, and and I know I actually didn't get to because Dan Hardy put Dan Hardy put out his response to Herb Dean's video, which is an hour long, just so you know. Um, I started watching it, and he kind of sets the stage to break down his reasoning. I'm going to finish watching it probably when we're done with this. But uh, you know, Dan Hardy did did admit that he agreed with Herb Dean that he had the point about speaking and yelling out. But he's also, you know, in a full arena, everyone's yelling something out, and and you and I were probably yelling at home. You got to stop it. I, I know. I definitely said that it's, this is over. I did say that I was watching it with my family. Because uh, we turned on the fight, so at my parents' house, and even even my parents who don't even watch it were like, "You got to stop! That guy's done." You know, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, uh, you know, I just don't think he's that great of a referee. I think he's declined heavily over the years. I think uh, I it, he didn't know he didn't, he says he didn't know he yelled at him. So I mean, you didn't understand that the the British guy. You had a Brazilian fighting. Uh, another international fighter and you got an Englishman yelling at you. I don't think it would be hard to figure out who that was. Um, (laughs) 
but maybe that's just me. I just don't. I he just well, one one thing Dan Hardy did say from the what I did see in his reaction video. Um, he did say that uh, it was this because he says if you listen to the did you see that video of them arguing? Um, yes. So you can hear Dan Hardy says to him that's twice already. He says to him, and the other fight was was uh, uh, the Tanner Bozer fight where someone takes a hit to the eye, and uh, Hardy thought that uh, Herb Dean was uh, slow to react too. So it was uh, he was already building up to getting upset. I mean, plus he he's also got the he's a, a fighter who trains with fighters. So from his point of view, and I think Paul Felder too uh, sided with Hardy. Uh, during one of the one of the cuts, the broadcast cuts. So, yeah, hey, man. Felder was all aboard. He was just as disgusted by it as Hardy was. Yeah. Um. I mean, I wasn't disgusted by it like those guys were. I no, just you, don't. You've I been just, disgusted since we started. I, 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 I've, been, I've, I've been disgusted with <laughs> for half a decade now, or more than that. What, what's uh? Hey, I still I like him. Like I, I mean, I always say when we talk about Herb Dean on this podcast, I do like Herb Dean. I don't. I don't see him as as faulty as you do, but that was that was not a that was not a bad Herb Dean. That was a bad day for Herb Dean. I mean, uh, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I just if if he was a judge and made as ma- as many bad judging decisions as he does refereeing decisions, he'd be Adelaide Bird. So I mean, that's just that's just the truth behind it. I mean, it's like every third <laughs> event now he screws a fight up. Um, I know in theory, I guess he does a good job on some fights, but you know, I. I Let's put it this way. If that Trinaldo fight is McGregor and Mendez, he stops that fight with the minute that Abair touches the ground if that's Mendez. He does not, you know, it's it's like I'm not saying he's paid to stop fights. I'm just saying that he seems to get caught up in the action. He lets CB Dalloway basically get murdered in the cage. And then he has a dude like and then again, no matter what he says, we all saw Robbie Lawler give him a thumbs up and then he yeah. stops the fight seconds later. So again, Maybe it's just circumstances that that work them out, and it makes him look like a donkey. But uh, to me, he looks like a donkey. So that's just <laughs> I'm done. I'm I'm not gonna. I, I hear people say best in the business, best in the business. Yeah, he's the best in the business. If you've been watching UFC since 2017, I guess you know. But that doesn't say a lot because we've seen Mirgliata screw up a million times since then. We've seen Goddard screw up a million times since then. Uh, we don't have Mizaki and we don't have uh, Winslow anymore because they Herb deemed it too many times and got blacklisted. Um, and uh, well, I'll be careful saying that, but uh, he, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just amazes me that Dana, he somehow avoids Dana White's wrath. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and and so that's just I'm seeing some comments come through. So uh, it's catching my uh, Paul <laughs> Paul Sudibaka. Uh, oh, late about it. What is he? I didn't even uh, see him pop up. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. I understand the, I understand stuff, the stuff, but I, don't, but I don't understand the outburst. I thought it was unprofessional at best. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think it was good for Hardy to stand up and confront him at the event. I thought that that was overkill, and that was. Um, that just looked stupid. Um, I, I don't think he, that would, the right route was taken by him. I don't think it's right to call out her Dean right there, like at the scene. Like that's not my style. But uh, but I mean, we could put together quite a highlight reel of her Dean screwing up, and I, I don't think people quite realize how often he does. And maybe maybe I'm hard. Listen, on him, I mean, but... I mean, maybe you're hard on him, but he, but uh, I mean, you bring up a good point about 
the the I mean the sport's been around for over twenty years. Um, you know, uh, look at uh, and I know he addressed it on his podcast too. Big John McCarthy knew when to hang it up. You know what I mean? Like like there comes a point where where maybe your your eye is not as keen as it is. And again, uh, I'll I'll drop a, a link for the Sunday submission thing that I do. But I brought that up too. You know, you do need experienced guys for, for for judges and for for refs. Guys like Chris Lieben. Like Chris Lieben wants to start doing more refing, and so he can ref higher events and stuff like that. You know, guys that have been there and that that'll make the right call. But they're also training, and they're also they're also keeping in tune with with the fighters' motions and stuff like that. And I do know that Herb Dean does still train and stuff like that. But again, you know, sometimes you know, father time catches up with you, and 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 uh, you know, maybe maybe that's what it is with him. But um, you know, when someone like and and this is the thing I brought up on the on the Sunday submission, like Mario Yamasaki said, uh, I I think it, it was uh, with MMA Fighting or one of those Vox sites. He said that uh, he hadn't trained when uh, some submission, the last controversy he had, he hadn't trained in three or four years. And it's like, okay, then why are you, why are you in there protecting guys in fights when you, when you're, you've got a lazy eye, you know what I mean? Cause you, you, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't come in and try to be uh, the, the, um, the outsider looking in the, that's supposed to be objective. If your mind is not sharp enough to what's happening. You know what I mean? You can't just stand there and collect a paycheck and look off into the fucking audience like Yamasaki does. And I, and I'm saying that because that's what he was doing when uh when him and Matt Hughes and Trey kicked each other in the balls. I mean, if you watch that, he's not even looking at the fight. So yeah. it, it's it's yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that was that was my issue with McCarthy. You say McCarthy knew when it was time to get out, and whether he just had other opportunities or not, you, you see, guys, they start to get lazy in the cage, and and. Big John would even kind of stand around and it's like, that's why I like Herzog and I like Beltran because I feel like they're all kind of, and maybe yeah. I'm just being biased, but it's almost like, like when I picture Herzog in my mind, refereeing a fight, he's kind of in like the half squat position, like really focused on what's going on, kind of working his lateral movement back and forth to, to keep an eye on what's going on. And my picture of Herb Dean is just kind of him, just kind of lazily standing in the cage, you know, walking back. I mean, he almost got rent, uh, uh, was in the main event fight. I think, uh, I think Whitaker, one of those guys almost ran into him, you know, cause he's, mm. he was behind him and, and that can happen. That's not a, that's not a complete fault of his, but I just, it, we'll see. I just, it, it happens on these smaller fights. No one really notices. We talk about it in social media. We talk about it on podcasts, but, um, he screws up a big, he's a big time fight away from, from getting the blacklist that uh, I think, um, he screws up, he screws up a McGregor fight. He screws up a Khabib fight. I mean, let's just say he's the referee for Justin and Khabib and he stops that and costs Khabib his undefeated record with some kind of BS, you know, stoppage or, you know, I, again, it's, it's, it's with him. It's so inconsistent. Some guys stop fights quick. Some let guys, get, my, my, uh, uh, Yamasaki's beef was not our beef with him was that he wasn't stopping fights quick. The beef with Yamasaki was he watched their watch people get like assaulted beyond, you know, what the rules say in the cage and they were getting mauled what in front of him and he didn't stop fights. Um, CD Baca agrees with you. hundred percent. Correct. Herb just slowly sulks around the octagon. That's exactly ah. it. I mean, he's, 
again, I, you know, and I'm the last one to go after anybody's physique or anything, but he just kind of stands there. He just kind of looks like a schlub. And I, and I, and again, maybe that's not affecting how he's refereeing fights, but he certainly doesn't, it, he doesn't seem like he's the attentive Herb Dean that, that I remember, you know, when, if you go back to the early two thousands when he was refing, I mean, again, people don't realize that these, these guys have been around for a long time now, um, 20 years that Herb Dean's basically been refereeing UFC fights. Um, uh, give or take a year or two. Uh, I can't remember exactly when he get what came in. I mean, we had Larry Landless, and um, people forget there was kind of a clan that only did UFC fights. You had Larry Landless, you had Yamasaki. Yeah. Um, and, and then Herb Dean was kind of the next small wave of people that came in through there and joined that crew. Uh, but uh, I just, I just don't, it just doesn't seem like he has the fire there. And, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Uh, maybe it's his personality that's just as he's gotten older, but or maybe it was jet lag, Matt. There's a lot of things that could be, but to me, that's not an excuse when you're refereeing. No, um, I'm just doing that know, to fuck I, with you. No, I, 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 hear you, <laughs> I know, but I guess the other thing is like, I know in boxing, we know some of the referees names. We see size from social media. What's that dude's name that, that gets yeah, really exactly. into it. Was it Williams or, or uh, Steve I Williams? For- is that, I, think, I forget I think his name. Anyways. And you know, the main one we know is, uh, Miles Mill, uh, Miles Lane or Mills Lane, you know. Well, that's from back in the day, though. But but I'm just saying, yeah. like, yeah. But that's my point, I guess. Like you, you could. I mean, there are very few baseball fans can name umpires. I gotta name baseball, you know, or, or football. <laughs> I mean, like you, you know, the couple of the referees um, because they've been there for like 60 years in like football. I mean, you'll have old men that you've watched. Yeah, no, I hear you. So you recognize, it. but it's not like you go like if I feel like Herb Dean's kind of like the Dana White, like all like, everybody knows Herb Dean. If you know the referee's name, he's not doing a great job. I mean, that's just straight up. You wouldn't talk about like I can't tell you who refereed the other fourteen fights on the card. You, you know why? Because they didn't screw up. <laughs> well, I know one of the guys looks like the old UFC logo. The no, there's, the there's some characters. There's one guy who kind of looks like a, a mini King Kong Bundy. Um, yeah, no, the, I mean the. the, the there's the dude that they keep calling the baby Brock Lesnar. I forget there his name. There you go. I mean, you know. <laughs> but anyways, I just hope well, that he doesn't screw up a big fight. And well, and- spe- speaking of uh, guys getting old, with the last ten minutes, I, I wanted to. I don't remember if we got in depth with it, but uh, uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Um, what's your What's your take on it? it's going to be in your neck of the woods, September twelfth? Uh, you got any thoughts or? predictions or anything you want to say yeah, about I mean, that it's not it's not a real fight it's an exhibition so i think anybody that spends 50 dollars to watch an exhibition eight round boxing match is out of their damn mind now i will watch it That's all <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but anybody who spends 50 dollars to watch that fight um has too much money to spend i mean that it's not it's not a real fight. If they're not trying to knock each other out, then I don't want to watch it or I don't want to pay for it. Um, the nostalgia is there. Uh, it, this is a fight that would have been friggin' awesome 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, this would have been a barn burner for the centuries. Um, that people, even, even post prison Tyson against Roy Jones would have done numbers that are astronomical. Um, it went over when Roy I feel Jones like it, I feel like I like, uh, I like what Tyson's trying to do, though. I know not everybody's going to agree with it, but this uh, Legends Only League that he's he's uh, announced, this is their first event. Is that what I he's mean, trying to do? He's putting together like a like a yeah. little road show of older older guys to kind of yeah. I mean, obviously, another fight on that card is some YouTuber versus some NBA dude, 
But I mean, this is it's obviously their first event. They're just trying to fill it up during the time of Corona. But I mean, the the pitch they have a YouTube channel too. You should check it out. If you look at their website, uh, Legends Only League, uh, there's a promo video there where it's it's something that Tyson is behind that he's doing. That he said if you for, it's for the guys like him that if you feel like you still got one left in you, you know, come do an exhibition. He said it doesn't have to be just boxing. He said soccer, you know, other sports. So. This might be where we see the Vitor Belforts and all these guys, you know, pop up and do a one-off event. Maybe, I mean, shit. I mean, if if, if they do uh, Fedor and, and Randy Couture, that shit'll that'll that'll do like a. a, a I mean, I, I think that would make some serious money for uh, for them. But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, but that's we start talking about regular fights where guys are actually trying to hurt each other. I'm yeah. I, from way I understand it, this is like basically a sparring session. So. If that's the case, do up some old boxers and let them bang. Hey, I mean, yeah, we, we do have a that just bleed uh, mentality in the uh, in the uh, demographic here at Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Hey, so, hey, uh, listen, <laughs> it's, it's fun in theory, and it can be fun to watch. But if one of us, if it was a real fight, realistically, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, one of them is probably leaving. Uh, on a stretcher are going to have some long-term damage. I mean, so it's fun to talk about, but we're talking about dudes in their fifties. This isn't 1990 where we're like, Oh my God, Foreman's 39 and and wrecking shop. You know, we're talking, these guys are, you know, due to, due to the, the uh, you know, medications and, you know, all the ability to stay healthier. These guys are able to do this into their later age, but you know, who knows if they're, if they're going to get cleared for September, I mean, that's like you said about the October, September is a way off too. I mean, I mean, with everything going on, who knows if the CSAC is going to clear them. And, uh, you know, like you said too, man, I mean, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously I want to watch out big fan of both guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it is, it, yeah, everyone's going off that Tyson's training videos and Roy Jones puts his training videos up, but everybody looks good when they're training, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, you, exactly. you, <laughs> everyone looks good when they're training. If I, if I drill some moves and put it on, on, on this YouTube channel, you're going to think I'm, I'm freaking, you know, ADCC level grappler. But, you know, I, my instructor d- dragged my ass all up and down the mat last Friday, made me feel I, like a two-year-old. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, if uh, you ask me to pick a winner, I would pick Roy Jones Jr. Just based off the fact that he's competed in more actual recently, boxing yeah. matches much more recently. 2018, I think, was his last. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we're talking, you know, a year and a half, basically, uh, roughly, since his last fight. Whereas Tyson hasn't fought in shoot, what are we talking like 12, 13 years now, 14 years. Um, so yeah. I, I think that that's the the game changer right there. Plus, I think that uh, again, probably gonna, it might be some heat. I, I I loved watching Tyson fight. I loved playing the video game. But I think if we're talking about skill as a boxer, I'll take Roy Jones Jr. over Mike Tyson. Um, I just that's just that's just the way I see it. Um, maybe I'd have to see him both in the size wise, you know, because size was always the issue for Tyson when he fought bigger mm. guys. But when he fought technical guys like Holyfield and stuff, the guys that were were technical and really knew the game of boxing, much like Roy Jones does. Um, or, or did especially uh, that would that would have given Tyson fits uh, if he's not able to knock him out early. So I don't know. I mean, if I had to, if I if if now if it's a real fight though, I, I 
they both, you know, Jones chin sh- kind of shot too. So that's I, a I don't know. what a lot of folks are saying. I you think know. the odds that came out, uh, you know, that's one of the people that were with the odds makers that Tyson's the favorite because of, uh, you know, Jones, there people are worried about Jones taking uh, Tyson level of power shots. The question is, is it a real fight? Right now we're being told it's an exhibition eight round fight. Mm-hmm. Cal- California generally has a fairly stringent athletic commission who normally probably, although they gave us golden boy, they probably <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't historically give us uh, a 54 year old versus a 51 year old boxing match in a professional fight under professional boxing rules. Mm-hmm. So um, with that said, devil's advocate or conspiracy theory, if these dudes really wanted to fight in real life, you could say it's an exhibition fight. The minute that bell rings, there's nothing to stop it from turning into a real yeah. boxing fight. The only thing that'll be different is that they will have given you probably bigger gloves. I think they normally fight with 10 ounce gloves. Uh, you train with 16 ounce. So maybe they're going to force them to wear 12, 14 or 16 ounce gloves. So yeah, I mean, have- look at the uh, Mayweather tension exhibition. He, he blasted him across the ring. That was kind of yeah. the same kind of thing. It was an exhibition match mm-hmm. until tension kind of showed like he wanted to do something. And then Mayweather said, okay, I'm going to put you down five times or four times, whatever the heck it was. Yeah. So we could see that, but I don't know. We'll talk more about it when it gets closer. Um, I like the talk. I like seeing their names in the news. So like yeah, I said, I'll watch it, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. So kind of wraps up our show this week. There is a UFC this Saturday um, back at the apex, not going to go through the card, but uh, another fight night card. Uh, and one last LFA for the month, their final card on Friday, UFC Fight Pass. I believe it's LFA 87? Six. 86? 86? Uh, might be 87. Yeah. 84, 85. Yeah, 87. You're right. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then and then come next week, um, we'll be able to look forward to another big Bellator event. Uh, cool UFC fight. Uh, Olianek and uh, Lewis. Which and, I may, uh, may or may not be on site for, COVID permitting. Yeah, so next week will be kind of up in the air for everything. We're going to kind of play it by ear and see how everything unfolds as far as our podcast time. But until then, fans can find us at All Access. I'm sorry, AllAccessMMA.com uh, brings the show to you. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Combat Hour, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed on uh, at, at Twitter at Carbazal and <laughs> Instagram at Carbeerzal. So uh, that'll do it. Um, also, quick before we sign off, I don't know if you saw it. I just want to send best wishes to uh, uh, Anthony Rocco Martin, who's yes. dealing with a staff infection in the hospital. He uh, actually mentioned the knee issue on, on this show like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I just saw that a little bit before we came on air. So, uh, he seems to be improving, might get sent home and stuff. Uh, staff infections, nothing to mess with. Um, I know personally that it can do a lot of damage, uh, based off, you know, stuff in my family. I've seen family members go through some tremendous stuff with it. So stay healthy, dude, uh, all the best and, uh, get healthy, get a new UFC contract and we'll talk to you again until then, everybody, uh, signing off here. Uh, have a good rest of the week. Peace. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, 
Uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.